What's up, everyone? This is Jeremy John, one half of the Sports Reality Team. Just wanted to remind you that you can now listen to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. On any of those platforms, just search the Sports Reality. Hit the subscribe button, and now you'll be up to date on all of our content. Thank you for tuning into this episode and enjoy the show. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Sports Reality. My name is Jeremy John, and I'm here with my co-host, Matthew White. Matthew, how's everything with you? Oh, it's going great, Jeremy. How are you doing? Well, man, it is episode five. Yeah, That's five an accomplishment. So That's an accomplishment, right? Right. It's not nothing. <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up. All right, man. How was the weekend, man? Let's start start off with that. That's a clown question, bro. The weekend was pretty good. Like I, what is man? It, it was amazing. What am I saying? The Vikings won. Great weekend. It's no better. I guess so. Um, yeah, I don't know what that feels like right now because my team is <laughs> sitting at home. Um, you guys got to watch it though. Yeah, got to watch it. Got to watch it. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, let me talk about my basketball game that oh, you missed. Yeah. How was that? It was good. It was pretty good. We played one of our rivals, Metro. My um, man was out there, Jay Butter. Let me talk about Jay Butter real quick. Fortune. Jay Butter came in late. As soon as he came in, started jacking, started hitting, <laughs> scoop, scoop, scoop. He hit like three. His first three, three. Uh, that he right. attempted, um, but the game was close. Um, I had to step in and be the interim head coach for this game. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. And I must say, it was a very fun game to coach. Um, we did win by one point. Uh, referees were bad. Referees were bad for both teams. I must say, um, they had calls that went against us. And they had calls that went in our favor. Uh, we're probably going to see them later in the playoffs, but it was pretty good. Um, we actually were short players. We didn't even have any of our actual centers. And they had three of their big men there, and we still held it down. Shout out to my man, uh, Paul McGrady. He was out here. He was out here balling. Uh, the five, <laughs> he was. Uh, Jeff was. Uh, Jeff hit a tough three to put us up by two late in the game. Uh, Harold had a tough and one uh, with about with about like twenty seconds left in the game, and then uh, we played a uh, good defense to to win. Um, so yeah, we are man, I can't remember our, our record, but I think we we're five and two, but yeah, those two losses weren't too good for us, but all it is is we gotta win in the playoffs. You play Alright, so uh matters, definitely. Okay, we got a lot to get into NFL playoffs. We'll get into yeah. that. 
uh, the NBA, all the scuffles and drama. LeBron, LeBron James throwing temper tantrums. We're going to get into that. Also, our chump and champs of the week in our not sports segment. And to wrap up the show, we are going to get into our Reddit topic of the week. Uh, just want to remind you all to subscribe to our podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud, or all three. Uh, so make sure you subscribe to us. Just search the Sports Reality and uh, subscribe to our content so you're always up to date. All right, so let's get right into this. Starting out with the first game of the NFL playoff weekend. Atlanta Falcons at the Philadelphia Eagles. Matt, I'm going to ask you, who did you say was going to win this game? I I thought the Falcons were going to win. Like they looked pretty impressive against the the Rams. They got them out of the way. Their defense looked good, and I was a little bit surprised by how uh, they didn't show up at all for real, or at least the offense didn't. The offense played um, not good. They did not do a good job. It's crazy because we both said that offense last week of the Falcons. It's not a good offense. It's um, not like for having all the weapons that they do. They do. They don't put up enough points on the board. If you have Julio Jones, if you have Sanu, both of those running backs, Coleman and uh, what's their starting running back's name? Devontae Freeman. Freeman, exactly. You got You got to put up more points than that. Like I don't care who the defense is. You. Have to score more points than that. Yes. Uh, so yeah, last week we did mention that the Atlanta Falcons offense seems to be struggling. Um, even though they one made touchdown. it to the playoffs, uh, they only had, like you said, one touchdown during the game, and and that went to Devonte Freeman. Devonte Freeman, as a rusher, ten attempts, seven yards. He ended up with. 34 total yards. It's not good. Sorry, 33 total yards in the game. So he did not play pretty well. Julio Jones, nine catches, 101 yards. Uh, Matt Ryan, the starting quarterback, 22 for 36, 210 and one touchdown. Over to the Eagles side, uh, Nick Nick Foles out here. Nick Foles did what you want him to do. Don't lose the game. Didn't turn the ball over. (laughs) <laughs> yes, uh, he did not turn the ball over. Did not get a touchdown through the, completions. through the air. But yes, definitely a high completion rating. Yeah, um, he did what you wanted the, the backup quarterback to do. Well, the rush, uh, the rushing, uh, rushing from the Eagles, pretty solid, uh, close to 100 yards on the ground. But uh, the Atlanta Falcons went up early, and the Eagles just chipped away at the lead and the turning point I think for the Eagles was the uh drive right before halftime when they got into field goal range and then scored a uh field goal long field goal it was like a 51 or 52 yard field goal at the end of the second quarter to bring the score to 10 to 9 and I thought at that point okay they're right back into it and um, they never looked back. They ended up getting a few more field goals at the end. The, um, the, the Falcons didn't score 
a point after halftime. Very true. That's not okay. Very true. And then, of course, fast forward to the last possession that the Falcons had. Uh, they were able to go down the field, and if they scored touchdown, they win. Got down to a goal-to-go territory, and it got down to fourth down, and you had Atlanta Falcons and the shotgun form formation. And reports say, or not reports, let's just be real, uh, you had the Eagles defense that came out and said, look, when we knew on that play, the way they, uh, the formation they were in, we knew that they were going to Julio Jones. So they just sold out to Julio Jones, played good defense. He slipped in the end zone, got back up, still attempted to get the ball. And honestly, that ball went straight through Julio Jones' hand. What did you think about that? Should have caught it. Yeah, he should have caught it. Julio Brown would have caught it. He should have definitely caught that ball. Now, Julio Jones was out of bounds. He would have ended up out of bounds just because when he came down, even without the ball, his left foot was out of bounds. So it would have been an incomplete pass. But the defense is what caused that, caused them to slip in the end zone. Of course, the field wasn't the greatest, but caused them to slip in the end zone. And then also just the uh, pressure that that corner had on him uh, forced him to go out of bounds pretty much before he could even jump for the ball. So either way, Atlanta was going to probably lose. And you brought up a great point last week. And um, I kind of didn't agree with your point, but it needs to be, I guess, addressed. Um, Interesting stat about Julio Jones this season. He was targeted 18 times in the end zone this year and only got one reception. I don't know. I don't know what the offensive coordinators are doing. Like how every time they get in the red zone, he should get at least one target. You know what I'm saying? Like he is supposed to be one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. You're right about that. Now the interesting stat, and maybe you missed it, one for 18. It's a lot of it's a lot of not catches there. Exactly. Or something happened. <laughs> um, of course, we would have to go back and look at every single one. But if the past like, deflections and stuff, but like you said, if Julio Jones is as good as he is, and last week I did say, nah, he is one of the best, and he's pretty good. He but is he one of the produce on the field that much. Like people his production comes in like other people getting their numbers because he's drawing the double team i guess but all the other receivers that are supposed to be like that level of talented like no matter what they get their numbers like the dude uh what is it deandre hopkins gets his numbers odell beckham gets his numbers antonio brown gets his numbers aj green aj green and julio jones people think he's better than all of them sometimes which is ridiculous because he isn't because he doesn't get his numbers ever except for that or like two years ago he went off but Recently, I don't know. Maybe Matt Ryan doesn't like to throw to him or the offensive coordinator doesn't want him to get the ball as much, but it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, that is something I guess we would have to go through and like really go through with a microscope and figure out 
how these players are, what calls are being, what plays are being called. And then, um, you know, how efficient is Julio Jones on those uh, passes to him? Because, yeah, someone as good as he is should really be getting more targets, no matter how many receivers you have on your team. Um, but yeah, the best one. If, you, if you're claiming to be, and not him personally, but a lot of NFL experts claim that he is the best or top two wide receiver in the game then his numbers should reflect it just can't be well we know he's that good it should be we know he's good and he's proving that he's good because he's going off a lot of weeks like he i think he only went he only went like he had like a real like top flight wide receiver week like week one week this year i think he went for like 200 yards and like maybe two touchdowns like that's a really big week but you kind of expect those weeks every once in a while from a big a big name wide receiver and he does not give me he doesn't do that too much he doesn't give you what you think a big receiver should give you definitely agree uh moving on to the second game of the weekend um do we have to talk about this game i mean probably a little bit this is this was the game that we thought i mean i knew it was about to happen (laughs) yes i must say I definitely had this to say about the New England Patriots. Uh, Patriots win, Titans cover. Is that the right terminology? Yeah, yeah. Patriots win, but the Titans will cover because. So you think not. it'll be? A, you, you don't think they're going to win by two touchdowns? You no. Think it'll be kind of a close game. <laughs> no, a two touchdowns. Two touchdowns. I don't know, dog. It's a lot, but it's the Patriots at home against the Titans. Nah, I don't think so. And of course, coming off of a week of look, I would uh, look, Jeremy. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, I will take the the what is it, the spread. I'll take the England winning by two touchdowns. <laughs> I think they can do that. So we uh, bet Chick Fil A on this one. I mean, that's the standard sports reality. But yeah, Chick Fil A gift card. Yep, yep, yep. All right. So, so you heard it here. You heard yeah, it. Here. Write that down, fans. Patriots for Matt. Patriots win by fourteen or more. Mm. Now. If you want to crown them, then crown their ass. Woo. That's easy. <laughs> That's easy. That's easy. Two touchdowns. So, yeah, I guess I was wrong. All right. <laughs> um, man, Patriots win 35-14 against out the, of the Titans. Three touchdowns. Titans went up 7-0. Yeah. They, sco- they scored first. <laughs> and when they scored, I was kind of like, whoa. Like, this could be a game. And the Patriots at that time were not playing well. They were not playing well at this time. And then uh, they their offense. And then, yes, put up uh, 35 unanswered points before the Titans scored another touchdown. And even late in the game, I was like, you know what? For betting purposes, please let them somehow score again. <laughs> Just so I can win this bet. But yes, I must say, Matthew White, you have won this bet. You will be receiving your Chick-fil-A gift card soon. NBA season just getting started. Marcus Mariota had a solid game. 22 for 37, 254 yards, and two touchdowns. But the Patriots were just... They were just relentless. Um, the, tr- home to to beat. the turning point of this game 
came on a offsides call against the Tennessee Titans. The Titans were about to force the Patriots to punt and they committed an offsides penalty on the punt, giving the Patriots automatic first down. Pages go down the score. That made it, a, I think, a 14-point lead. And after that, it was over. No need to watch. We can move on. Uh, move on to the third game. And this might have been... Often, the offensive battle. Yeah, but the score, of course, seems like it's close. But the Jacksonville Jaguars, when you really looked at the game, they blew out the the Pittsburgh Steelers. The final score was 45-42 Jaguars. But think about this. The Steelers got a fourth and long touchdown at the near the end of the first half. It was like fourth and like 15 or something like that. Ben Roethlisberger throws like a 50-yard bomb on that play ends up being a touchdown and then you had the long antonio brown touchdown late in the fourth quarter in garbage time and then you had the the final touchdown at like the fourth second mark of the fourth quarter so you had three touchdowns that the steelers had that's 21 points that you can say easily could have not happened is that is that something that's feasible Definitely the one at the end of the first, the fourth down one in the end of the game for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, Antonio Brown one. Yeah, I don't know. That's a that's a good point, Jeremy. This like, this game could look very different if they only scored twenty one points. And yeah, and and I can easily say that because what is the percentages that someone is going to convert a fourth and long? 50 yard bomb down the field right before that happened that much yeah what's the odds that in the final few minutes of the game you know on a long another fourth and long that you're going to get another touchdown on a deep bomb and then of course the garbage time touchdown they easily the Steelers could have not converted on any of those plays so you can easily in my opinion see that this game could have been a 45 21 game total blowout interesting things in this game though uh leonard Fournette three touchdowns uh is leonard Fournette one of the best running backs in the game right now uh it's top five or uh, he's up there he's pretty he's pretty good when he's healthy there's a couple people better than him but he's pretty good when he's healthy i mean and it's really hard to say because like he definitely got held out of some games by his coach for something right yeah he got suspended for missing the team photo yeah which is kind of ridiculous so i don't know like he's he definitely produces rookie year for sure like no doubt about that i think he's definitely a top 10 running back without a doubt i would have to go through and comb through the stats um, if someone were to say to me he's a top five running back right now without me looking, I would say, okay, I'll give you that. I wouldn't debate it. Um, could be like he's definitely not better than Bell, Gurley, or Elliot, I guess. But after that, 
know? yeah, yeah, after that, it, it could be. He could be right there. Um, interesting thing that happened in this game. Maybe uh, he's probably better than Kareem Hunt, too, I guess. Yeah, those are some interesting names right there. Um, interesting events that happened during this game. After that long bomb by Antonio Brown at like the two minute and 20 mark of the fourth quarter, the Steelers decide to go for an onside kick when they had three timeouts and the two minute warning. And they were only down at that point by a touchdown, I think, at that point. Was that the right move for them to go for that onside kick? I mean, of course not. In hindsight, it doesn't look like it. But I I feel like at the time, nah, you still don't go for it. I think you just, you know, you got to trust your defense. What what quarter did they try to onside in? In the fourth quarter, uh, right after the... um, How much time was left? It was... I'm nah, sorry, I confused the plays. Minutes. This was the Le- Le'Veon Bell run with two minutes, two oh one left. No, no, sorry, it was two minutes and change left after the oh, Le'Veon so they had the Bell two minute warning too, and they had the two minute warning with. Uh, with. Uh, yeah, I think you have to you have to let your defense try to get the ball back for you. Two minutes, one touchdown. Yeah, I think you you have to. And at that point, they were only down by seven points. Yeah, one possession. Yeah, so they could they they try the onside kick, horrible execution by the kicker, and it's it's the same kicker that struggled. Wasn't the game like earlier this year or like last year where he uh, Chris Boswell is not good at onside kicks, so not an easy <laughs> to, thing to do. It's not easy already, but we know he is awful at it because we've seen numerous times where he has failed at an onside kick so it was a terrible execution of the play uh jake lambo of the jaguars kicks a field goal to go up by 10 and then of course the steelers get the garbage time touchdown to get it down by to three but yeah that point you're down by seven points you have all your timeouts and i think they had two timeouts but two timeouts and the two minute warning so you have three timeouts you stop them on three plays, you get the ball back enough time for Ben Roethlisberger and that offense to go down the field. But I feel like uh, in that moment, I feel like Mike Tomlin panicked on that play. So yeah, the Jaguars victorious. They'll be moving on to play against the Patriots. And I know you're about to get real excited here, Matt. We're about to talk about now. We're about to talk about your boys. The Minnesota Vikings and that I've been telling people all year first home Super Bowl like that is happening you did tell me that earlier this year when we were on uh, the sports rally on WLVS radio right before the season started Um, you did say that on one of our podcast episodes right now we're in episode 5 but you did say that in one of our earlier episodes and you may be right and the Vikings are one more step Closer to hosting a Super Bowl, that'll be the first time a team will ever host a Super Bowl in their own stadium. Um, 
Vikings win on a last second walk off touchdown by oh, Stephon. Amazing! Diggs. Shout out to Stephon Diggs. Like, yep, that weekend. Stephon Diggs, sixty-one yard touchdown reception. Uh, fra- where do you go to school, uh, Matt? University of Maryland, best wide receiver University of Maryland history. Yeah, it's crazy because uh, Maryland has put out like good pro talent but somehow they can't do it at maryland which is weird they be chilling it's because <laughs> they have too much fun <laughs> but i wanted to do hood <laughs> which is so weird but uh before we even get to that the minnesota vikings were up at halftime 17 to zero dominant and at this point and you may say 17 to 0, yes, dominant up there. But when the what happened right before the half? Wasn't it a um missed field goal? I know, yes, a missed field goal that would have put up 20 that's to 0. I'm saying. I, like when that happened, I was like, man, that's gonna come back to like hopefully it doesn't, but I definitely thought that that could be like, you know, very important leaving because it was a chip shot. I think it was like a 35 yard field goal or something. Yep, it was well, they were supposed to make pretty easy. Kai Forbath missed the field goal, and I said at that point, man, ooh, it's now less than a three touchdown. Uh, they needed deficit, and they needed those three points because at the end, as you can see, it came down to needing a needing to 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 get into field goal range just to uh you know win the game but of course Stefan Diggs with that great pass great pass by Case Keenum by the way great ex- Case Keenum is playing very 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 good right now glad Case Keenum has got away from Jeff Fisher <laughs> great execution uh by Case Keenum because even on that pass I do believe Stefan Diggs could have gotten out of he could have gotten out of bounds and then, of course, you had the whiff by the safety Marcus Williams. Shout, I'm about to buy a Marcus Williams jersey. Whiffed Shout out to that guy. Um, that allowed Stefan Diggs to take it to the house. What did you think Marcus Williams was thinking on that play? He honestly, the only thing that could have been going on was like, man, I bet too much money on this game. <laughs> And we gotta lose. Like, there's no possible way you go for that interception. Like, it literally can do any other thing than like go for an interception. It's gotta be the last thing on your checklist. And you know, here we are talking about the Vikings going to the Super Bowl. I honestly believe in my heart that Marcus Williams overthought the situation. And didn't let his instincts just go. And when he saw the ball go up and he saw Stefan Diggs going up to get it, he probably was like, you know what? I don't want to hit him and then be called for an pass interference or a personal foul against a defenseless receiver. Because a lot of these things, when you look at it, and I bet you there's probably going to be, I don't know if it's happened yet, but I bet you there's probably going to be a sports science on this specific play. This play, yeah, that'd be cool. And it may show 
They he probably would have hit him either before the ball got there or he would have been considered a defenseless receiver by the by the way referees have been the precedents that referees have been calling that penalty um at the end of the day though of course he whiffed on the play and not only did he whiff on the play he knocked his teammate which could have had a chance at possibly catching up Diggs too fast though or at least forcing Diggs to run out of bounds so then that the kicker has to try and kick the field goal because honestly that other corner if he's right behind Diggs I pers like Diggs might have to think hey do I chance it and run for the end zone or do I just step out of bounds and let our kicker kick it and once you have the kicker coming Kai Forbath who was already missed the easy field goal already missed the field goal <laughs> it's not a guarantee that he's gonna then make this on the you know with the game on the line so all the pressure I think the pressure would have been on but of course Marcus Williams he's he's seen as a goat seen as a and not the greatest of all times when I say goat seen as a donkey um a lot of people have been talking about him hey he owned up to the mistake he said yeah I I messed up and I, I let my team down um but it also let's give credit to Minnesota and and that play because that play was actually run pretty well Diggs ran a good route the ball was placed in an area where if Diggs wasn't going to catch it it was going to be an incomplete pass so a lot of things went in the favor and good favor it wasn't luck a lot of things really went in favor of the Minnesota Vikings on that play since you're the Vikings fan I'm gonna let you rap about that one because I've already rapped about it it's amazing it was one of the greatest things that I've ever seen, like, while I was watching a Vikings game. Yeah, that was a great thing. Now, it's just, what is it? Eagles up next? Yep, we will get into that soon in this segment. Before we get to the predictions, let's talk about other things that are happening in the NFL. You'll have... A couple coaches firings, right? Uh, yep. Uh, well mutual agreements to part ways you have mike malarkey the head coach of the tennessee titans titans and malarkey mutually agreed to part ways malarkey his contract has ended so he will no longer be coaching the titans next season you also had bill o'brien is it bill o'brien bro uh the the, the coach in in houston i think it's bill o'brien yeah, he got a contract extension. I think it's a five-year extension oh, to remain long. with the long. Texans. He still hasn't proven that he can be the quarterback guru that he was in New England when he had Tom Brady. They're playing, they're playing pretty good until what's the dude got hurt. Now, yes, Deshaun Watson was looking yeah, like he was going to be. Good. Deshaun Watson was looking like he was going to be all offensive rookie of the year. Of course, he goes oh, down. He still might. But I have to see I have to see improvements from Deshaun Watson and it not just improvements from Deshaun Watson. Need to see improvements that come from coaching, not just from experience in the NFL. Oh boy, true. That's what I want to see. That I mean the Texans, they they definitely if they got their quarterback for the future, they're gonna be in a way better shape than they were 
all the years before this because they've never ever had a quarterback there. I don't think. Todd Haley. Uh, also, his contract will not be extended with the Pittsburgh Steelers. That was a tumultuous relationship between Todd Haley and Ben Roethlisberger and that offense. I felt like I, this is the thing with Todd Haley. No matter where he is, he almost tries to show that he is smarter than everyone in the room. And at the end of the day, you as the person trying to portray yourself as the smartest person in the room, you're going to end up losing at the end of the day. He wore out his welcome in Arizona as the offensive coordinator there. Of course, he got a head coaching job for Kansas City, but the same thing happened there. Kansas City, he tried to show off that he was the smartest person in the room. Players weren't buying what he was uh, trying to sell. Didn't work out there. He went to Pittsburgh, and everyone says, you know what? He is an offensive uh, guru. We're going to pair him up with uh, Ben Roethlisberger, and we're going to have Le'Veon Bell. We have Antonio Bryant, and yes, they put up some crazy number, the killer bees that they're called. Uh, but at the end of the day, when games were on the line, you can tell the offensive play calling was not really smart, was not really good. So a lot of that goes on Todd Haley. Um, it also goes on head coach Mike Tomlin, and there are reports that there is a minority ownership group that well actually this is how they phrase it <laughs> they call it a lobbyist group for the pittsburgh steelers they actually do not have any authoritative power in the pittsburgh steelers organization but they are a recognized lobbyist group um, they are trying to get mike tomlin fired no possible way should mike tomlin be on the hot seat no, I don't think so. I don't. Yeah, no, I don't think he can be. Like it's, it's kind of locked in there for a little bit. In my opinion, he shouldn't be on the hot seat. Yes, made some critical mistakes. Not just this last game against the Jaguars. Had a couple critical mistakes this season, but that is not enough for him to be on the hot seat. Is always competitive always in the one or two seed in the playoffs they um are com, 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 they are always competitive once again that was pretty redundant but always competitive and that's why i had to be redundant because i had to keep on reiterating how good they are um all of it can't go on him and for someone who has won a super bowl and appeared in another super bowl and in he, what he's been coaching what 10 years now you know i think you you get you got to give him a longer leash on this one and it's not just this lobbyist group there have been a lot of people within pittsburgh and in western pennsylvania have been voicing their displeasure with mike tomlin but the rooney family i think they're gonna be they're gonna make the smart decision and not pull the trigger on Mike Tomlin, Steelers. You don't. Where? Who do you move on? Like, is there is there like some crazy head coach that they are trying to get? (laughs) And that's the thing. Fire him to fire him. Yeah, and that's the thing. Uh, Steelers have only had three coaches in their entire franchise. Chuck Knoll, who won four Super Bowls. Bill Cowher, who 
also had some years, some lean years in Pittsburgh, and they stuck it out with him. Eventually won a Super Bowl his last year as a head coach, and then Mike Tomlin won a Super Bowl, appeared in another one. So, yeah, I think the leash just needs to be longer. Let's not panic. Pittsburgh will right be right back into it next year. All right, so uh, let's predict these games real quick. Conference championship weekend. Start off with the first game. The Jacksonville Jaguars will be visiting the New England Patriots at 305 kickoff. Who do you have winning? I think uh, this is a tough game. I think I'm going to go New England, but I don't know if they cover the spread this week. Do you know what the spread is? Eight and a half. Eight and a half. Yeah, I don't know if New I don't know if New England wins by more than a. T- I think it could be like a very very close. Like this is could be a close. This should be the close game in my opinion for the weekend. I'm predicting it here. Jaguars will win to upset the New England Patriots. Here's my logic: that front four of the Jaguars can get to the quarterback. And it is proven that when you can only send four against Tom Brady, he goes from elite quarterback to average quarterback. Hello? It's proven. The two Super Bowl losses against the Giants. To to Tom Brady. I don't know if he's going to like that. The two Super Bowl losses against the Giants. They what had did Stray the Giants have and Human Yora too, right? Like two, like yep, Justin, very, Tuck. Justin Tuck, like two very, very good. Uh, and what's my man that blew off his hand? Yep, yeah, um, him too. Oh dang! Why can I not remember his name? Is I'm having a blank right now on this dude's thing. Uh, what? Uh, human. They had Human Yora. Jason Pierre. Jason oh, JPP, JPP, that's the dude. They had all of these defensive linemen. Like, these are all, like, world-class defensive linemen. I don't know. And all-world. Michael Strahan, one of the best defensive ends to ever play football. I don't right. know if the Jags have that same thing. But I think and they the J- definitely, like, I don't know. Blake Bortles is still their quarterback. Look. Blake Bortles still is their quarterback. And I did say the Steelers are going to win because Blake Bortles is awful. Yeah. But you know what? <laughs> and I think that, that, you don't look. that running oh, game. No. And <laughs> it seems like during this playoff run, Blake Bortles is making the play when it matters. And I, yeah, I just Blake really Bortles got clutch. I just really think the front four of the Jaguars defense they'll be able to put the pressure on Brady and it is proven. So I mentioned the two Super Bowls that he lost, but also the AFC title game against the Colts when the Colts when won the Super Brady Bowl that year. The, the front four were generating uh-huh. enough pressure where you could leave seven in the secondary. Hey, look, we're going <laughs> to... It, it I'll give almost you another- sounds like you want to lose another Chick-fil-A sandwich. I'll give you another one here. Just this season, the Miami Dolphins 
were able oh, to true. send four. And how did they play? Awful. I could come up with the Look other good. Giants game. What was it? They, uh, they, I think it was they, the they year after. Play Go after, ahead. Uh, the Super Bowl? Yeah. Again, front four was able to get there. Brady was average. KC last year, KC earlier this year, they were able to generate <laughs> enough pressure that it, it's just proven. Brady is an elite quarterback. He doesn't like to get touched. He doesn't, doesn't like, like to get, get touched. He doesn't like to get frazzled in the pocket. Yeah, that's every quarterback. Yes, but they have ever played football. It is every Nobody likes to get frazzled in the pocket. It is every quarterback, but his drop off is dramatic. It's dramatic. We're gonna we're gonna see what it's like in the in New England, like at home. But I don't know. I, I just don't I just don't see the Jags doing it. Oh, I do I have to say the Ravens, the year they won the Super Bowl too? The front yeah. four were able to generate enough pressure <laughs> that So Brady... you think the Jags front four is as good as these teams that you are mentioning? Yes, like Clays, these are not normal Clays Campbell Clay's Campbell's a monster. Who's the guy? Ooh. Marcel Darius. Like Marcel these, Darius is really good. Marcel <laughs> Darius is ridiculous. These dudes are are my and, and they did it to, to Roethlisberger uh on Sunday. You know, they made Roethlisberger uncomfortable throughout the game because the fumbles, the turnovers, uh, the penalties, the holding penalties, things like that. I think Brady's going to get pressured and it's going to be just enough for the Jaguars to squeak out a victory. Hey, we're going to see, Jeremy. That's gonna be, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch both of these games. So we we putting Chick-fil-A on this again? Bro, gonna That's a clown question, bro. Oh, if you look, if you want to lose another Chick Fil A sandwich, I'll take the I'll take the Patriots all of the time. <laughs> oh, that is that's an easy one. Well, I'm a glutton for punishment, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know, dog, but I'll totally take the Patriots. <laughs> so, all right, let's move on to the second game of the conference championship weekend. I already know who you're picking. Six forty. Vikings at the Eagles, even though it's at the Eagles. In Philly, um, I'm taking the Vikings. They're going to win this game. They're going to win and cover the spread. What's the spread on this one? Three. Vikings minus three. Oh, yeah. They'll they'll win and cover. They're going to win by at least a touchdown. Yeah. I think uh, Nick Foles, I know I praised him earlier this show, and I said he, he he did what you were supposed to do. Not lose, but I think with the pressure of the NFC Championship game, it also being Philly, Philly typically does not play well in NFC title games. I mean, um, that is that is just the truth. So yeah, I think I think Vikings win on the road. Case Keenum, I'm here about to get paid. About to get paid this offseason. I don't know by who, but somebody is about to pay him. But that and that's the thing, Case Keenum. We're talking about Nick Foles, who hasn't really proven that he's playing better all year. Case Keenum has proved be better all, all year that he is very good at what he does. And that's that's thing. why receiver duo in the in NFL. Oh, no, they're going to be tough to beat. Yeah, yeah. So I, I got think, the Vikings. I think Eagles could be able to do it. I got the Vikings winning. You also have the Vikings winning. Um, but if the Eagles win, I know my Ooh, brother will, I will be happy. Be disappointed. I know my brother will be happy because he's an Eagles fan. He'll get to yes. see his Eagles in the Super Bowl. But I do think the Vikings are going to win and host. Super Bowl at home. Yep. 
Yep. Yep. All right, let's move on to college basketball real quick. Last night, Trey Young had another interesting stat line. Interesting stat line. I think he had 20. Yeah, like 29 points. I'm about to look that up right now. Sorry, 20 points, but here's the, the, the kicker. 12 turnovers, and Ooh. Oklahoma loses to Kansas State 87-69. to 69. Uh, Turnovers? Yeah, a lot of turnovers right there. Like Devin Booker. <laughs> you said Devin Booker? Yeah, he liked to turn the ball over a couple sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, Trey, Trey Young didn't play pretty didn't play well last night and he didn't have his best game shot the ball kind of poorly two for ten from the three-pointer yeah i don't know hey man everybody has bad games true 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 um i'm this isn't really college basketball but kind of related the ball brothers had their first official professional game last Saturday they were held scoreless uh they played a combined scoreless they played a combined nine minutes in that game um and they were held scoreless however on Monday hey yeah talk about Monday and Langelo had 31 points had a double double ball control they went I thought they went for 60 between the two of them I gotta look up what uh I'm sorry, LaMelo had 31 points. Yeah, they were uh, balling. Angelo, he had 20 plus points also. Um, they played pretty well. I'm not sure on this team who this team is. Um, I'm not sure if it's part of the the exhibition circuit or if it was part of league play, but hey. Yeah, I don't get it. it don't matter. They got him out of the way. Yeah, and the talent <laughs> yeah. from the highlight that I watched was better than the junior team that they played the first game so they looked like a better team and Lamelo out here did pretty good Leandro did pretty well uh so far it's the okay stint yeah. and <laughs> nothing's wrong with playing okay um, yeah the thing no, is you're not gonna play your best every game especially not when you're 17 or 16 or however old Lamelo is Angelo too not only that Let's not forget a player like Brandon Jennings did the same thing and he didn't really light up the foreign league that he was in. He was just fast and he was not, yeah, he was not definitely not dropping buckets. And he he came back to the U.S., of course, was drafted in the first round. Seven, pretty high lottery pick. Yeah, had a decent career and is still playing basketball. So I think with the Ball Brothers, everyone is like, oh, well, if, if. if Leangelo or Lamelo ain't, ain't the you know lottery draft pick, all this was for a waste. Nah, the the end game for Lavar Ball is to get just get NBA. his boys into the NBA. I know last week we spoke about how they got an, an F from the Better Business Bureau, the real other, triple Bs, <laughs> the the other triple B. Um, yeah, like I said, they gotta they gotta work on that, but. When it comes to basketball, they're doing pretty good. I must say, they are doing pretty good. 
Uh, let's move on to our champs and chumps of the week. Start with you, Matt. Who is your champ of the week? This is not going to really come as like a surprise to anybody, or it shouldn't. But the champ of the week is definitely the Minnesota Vikings. Baby, want a champ. And the whole state of Minnesota. Like when when uh, when Katrina hit, Katrina was terrible. The NFL, like it, it appeared in that Minnesota Vikings Saints game that they wanted the Saints to win, and they won in the rematch against the Saints this year. The Vikings triumphed, and it was a great feeling. Like I was really glad that the Vikings have the opportunity to go to the Super Bowl again, and that they, you know, actually won somehow. Instead of losing again to Drew Brees, which would it would have been terrible. That's Minnesota Vikings fans across the nation would have been crushed again by Drew Brees. I hate that guy. My champ of the week goes to Leonard Fournette. Baby, want a champ. Scored two touchdowns in the first half. Sprained, looked like he sprained his ankle. Definitely got hurt. Definitely was injured enough. Came back in the second half, scored another touchdown in the game with three touchdowns. Another one. Uh, another champ of the week, Jalen Ramsey. Hey. I don't care hey. that Antonio That's Brown was coming back off of an injury. Jalen Ramsey played pretty well. And not just against Antonio Brown. He played well in the run in run support. Um, had some crucial stops against Le'Veon Bell. He played well. He backed it up. He mentioned that the Pittsburgh Steelers were talking about, you know, they got this game in the bag and already talking about playing against the Patriots. And he's pretty much came out and said, I don't know why you all are, you know, talking about the Patriots when y'all already lost us. We already stomped y'all. And he that said, sounds like Jalen Brown. He said, I ain't surprised that. <laughs> He probably had like a stocking cap on why he said this. <laughs> you know, he was switching his, you know, switching chill, his neck chill, in his fingernails chill. while saying this. It's true though. And Jalen Brown is ridiculous. Amazing uh, cornerback. Which he was so, about. So yeah, Jalen Ramsey is another champ of the week. Do you have any other non-related uh champs of the week? Non-sports related champs of the week. Non-sports related champs of the week. Hmm. None that come to mind right now. Well, I I do have one. Uh, This past Monday was uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Shout out to that guy. Baby, want to chill. Uh, you know, reflection on not just, you know, everyone knows him, of course, for the I Had a Dream speech. Um, he did a lot, though. And his civil rights uh, movements that he helped uh, create and help, you know, keep going. Um, but um, also, a lot of the ideas that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. had, they're typically not very, uh, I guess, peaceful there were times where he was you can say militant there were times where there were times where he wanted to have aggressive movements and um he was a real one like they said Uh, unfortunately was assassinated in 1968 um years later you know dr martin luther king jr day is recognized as a federal holiday um 
is a day that a lot of people asked for you to uh, help with service, not just to people, but service within the civil rights movement, because there still are civil rights issues going on in this country. That's never Uh, about to stop. We talk about it almost. You can talk about it on a weekly, um, weekly occurrence. And we are going to talk about it a little later with something else that happened this past week. But my off the field champ of the week, even though he has passed away, he is not forgotten. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Um, who is your chump of the week, Matt? Oh, I I feel like I bring this up like too much, but it's got to be the refs again. Because you're a chump. Like on Martin Luther King Day, the refs were wilding in the NBA. Like 21 technical, I think it was 21 technicals and five ejections. Like it almost seems like the refs cannot control a game. And I know some parts that they like, it's out of their hands. And the Blake Griffin, Chris Paul situation and the whole Rockets thing, like that probably was, you know, not part of the refs' like sphere of control. Uh-huh. But it's just ridiculous. Like, Every, the what is it, Demar Derozan got to, he got fined because they were so he was talking about how terrible the officiating was during the Golden State game. Felt like they were playing eight on five, and like you should, I don't know if you should be to get fined for something like that, but many players this season have voiced their concerns about the uh, the what is the referee the refereeing that's been going on in these NBA games, and they're I think they're supposed to have a. Uh, like some type of meeting during All Star break, All Star break. Uh, to it it will be addressed. Yeah, it's one way or the other. I don't know if it's gonna make it worse or better, but they're definitely gonna be talking about that. It will definitely be addressed. My chump of the week goes to Mike Mitchell, cornerback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Cause you're a chump. We mentioned how a lot of the Pittsburgh Steelers players were kind of overlooking the Jacksonville Jaguars. The reason why I single out Mike Mitchell is because he was really vocal about their opponent or their (laughs) supposed opponent for the conference championship game. He pretty much said, oh, we we know we're going to play the New England Patriots. We'll play them here. We'll play them there. We'll play them in hell. Play them wherever, but we're coming for them. This was during the week of the game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And unfortunately for the Pittsburgh Steelers, they will not be facing the New England Patriots. And because he was so vocal about it, and when he was called out about it, called out on it, he doubled down on social media and through the and through the traditional media he is my chump of the week my off the field chump of the week i guess i mean we said we could have him every week but um donald trump because you're a chump this dude man he's a real crazy person yeah we're gonna get into that in our not sports segment but donald trump i think can be our chump of the week javel mcgee for jacking the fool Ooh. All right. Off the top. <laughs> off the dome, dog. All right. Let's get into the NBA right now. Talk about LeBron James real quick and the Cleveland Cavaliers. They had they've had a terrible slump. 
it lasts like you say week and a half. Uh, good. Uh, like, last week they lost back to back games by more than twenty five points in each game. First time that has happened in LeBron James's career. Uh, he was seen. He was seen on the sideline, pretty much berating his team in Toronto, um, voicing his frustrations. What do you think is really causing the frustration with LeBron James? Uh, his team is not that good. He's I don't know. Look, some of LeBron James's like decisions on who he wants to have on his team and play around him. I don't I, I don't know. Some of them have just never really made like that much sense. Like you want when he was when they were assembling like the Miami Heat team to try to win some championships with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosch and Udonis Haslam, James Posey, all the other players who were on those teams, like the team kind of made sense. Like this Cavs team, it almost feels like it's just like now, especially since Kyrie is gone, not there, it seems like it's just like a mashup of a lot of players who have been good in other situations. And now they're coming like to play with LeBron James. And normally, LeBron James has been making his teammates like way better, and he still does for sure. But like, they are not playing well on the defensive end at all. And like, that is really. That itself is probably causing a lot of frustration with LeBron because you know when when they were in Miami, they were always one of the better defensive teams along with being one of the better offensive teams. Uh huh. So I don't know that. I mean, I I could see that being as a frustrating thing to him to have his teammates just like Isaiah Thomas is not about to be able to play any defense. Kevin Love gets torched like you know regularly. They Tristan Thomas is on that team. Like they have a lot of players who. They're good at, they have like specialty skill sets. Like they're good at like one thing or two things, but a lot of them I wouldn't consider like, you know, to be like, they might not be like for real, for real, like basketball players. As crazy as that sound. I was talking to our friend Josh about like how Tristan Thomas, like he probably, you know, Josh was saying that he probably doesn't like to play pickup basketball because he's not that good at basketball. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what is 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 gonna be fun for Tristan Thomas to go to a rec center with like some other like NBA players and play pickup basketball? He's just gonna be getting rebounds. That's uh, it. Like, he's not gonna be out there practicing his offensive moves. He's just gonna be getting boards, and because that's all he can really do because he's not that good at basketball. But he's huge and he can rebound sometimes. I don't know. Yeah, I think. The Cavaliers are just old. Yeah, that is also a problem. Like, like everybody, there's a lot of older players on that team, and they're not like LeBron James old. Like LeBron James old is like he's old, having one of the best seasons of his career. Like Dwayne Wade is old, and like he has flashes of being pretty good sometimes. And like, I, I don't know, Isaiah Thomas coming off big a major hip injury. Has not gotten his rhythm back. J.R. Smith is terrible. Iman Schubert, like, I like the dude, but he's not, like, he's not producing well at all. Jose Calderon may be one of the oldest guards in the NBA. Like, legit. He's one of the older guards in the NBA. Jeff Green, traditionally terrible. Not good. Very rarely engaged. And, yeah, how are you supposed to win like that? 
Yeah, and it was just proven uh, this past Monday night when they went up against the Warriors where you could say both teams were had everyone on deck. Of course, Isaiah Thomas, you know, still coming back from injury, but everyone was there, and you can just see by the fourth quarter, the Warriors just took it to another gear, and they took off and ended up beating the the Cavaliers by double digits. Um, yeah, I, the Warriors are just too stacked. They're too stacked. Um, but even, not even just the Warriors, like, can the Cavaliers in a seven-game series beat the Spurs? Can the Cavaliers in a seven-game series beat the Rockets? In a seven-game series, are they going to beat the Cavaliers? Like, these are legitimate questions right now. I understand you have LeBron James, but it's not just the Warriors they got to worry about. They got to worry about the the Celtics. They got to worry about other Western Conference teams going up against them and it seems like no one is actually scared of them either so that really helps an opponent they're not they're not scared yeah you got lebron james but they're not scared of them you also got jr smith you know what i'm saying like so i i think it's you know they're just old and then it's just a bad collection of players um the fact that you know you have kevin love playing the center position and you know, Jay Crowder hasn't really been the Jay Crowder that he was in that he was when he was in Boston. Um, maybe he's trying to get in rhythm. I don't know, but it's not the same. You mentioned Jose Calderon, not really playing like Jose Calderon. And it could just be because he's not really getting enough time to, to play that position. Uh, we haven't even spoken about Derrick Rose, who's still battling injury, but when he comes back, is it going to be explosive enough to really help this team? So I just think everyone's just old. Everyone that is important to that team is just old and unathletic outside of LeBron James. So I think that's one of their biggest problems. Also in the NBA, <laughs> we've had a few scuffles that have yeah. happened in it's the last week. It's been amazing. Week. <laughs> we uh, starting out last week. You had uh, Sergi Baca and uh, James Johnson yeah. go at it. They both uh, got a couple swings in. They were suspended for one game and fined for I think two hundred fifty thousand uh, collectively. Uh, then on uh, MLK Day, where big everyone plays in the NBA in, on MLK Day, but uh, we had Ben Simmons and Kyle Lowry get into it. You then had the Clippers and, and the Rockets get into it. We will ex- That was amazing. Yes, we will get into that next. And then last night, uh, you had Aaron Aflalo throw a haymaker, and luckily he didn't connect all the way. But he threw a haymaker to some big European guy for, uh, <laughs> for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, before we get into the specifics of the Clippers and Rockets, why do you think there are these scuffles going on right now? Uh, you know, I don't know. It, it it doesn't seem like it's true or not, but there's a lot of teams, especially the Rockets. It makes sense that it's happening with the Rockets because, you know, they're. I feel like they are trying to get into playoff mode a little early. Because they want to like take a lot of these games seriously when they play up when they come up against big competition, 
or people they might see down the road. And of course, it, I mean, Chris Paul playing against his former team or whatever, but like Rockets have been very, very good when Chris Paul and James Harden have been playing. So when they get in these playoff matchups that they might see down the road, they, they want to try to win. And sometimes, you know, the, the Blake Griffin not going to be happy about that. And Blake is going to, you know, Blake has always had that relationship with Chris Paul that they might not be the most friendliest of people. Like they might just be coworkers instead of friends. So yeah, they just spent a lot of, and that was a big altercation. Like they ran into each other's lockers room, locker rooms. That's ridiculous. Yeah, we will get into that. Uh, we'll get into that shortly. Um, I think the reason for these scuffles honestly comes down to we're more than halfway through the season. It's January, so before All Star break, these games are becoming real monotonous. Oh no, like, they're ready for the break. It's becoming a grind. Uh, some players are waiting for all-star break to relax. Some players are just looking for the festivities of all-star weekend. Um, and it's a known thing right off after all-star break teams are getting into, into playoff mode. And I think it's just becoming a grind. Uh, some of these teams have been playing a lot lately. Uh, like for example, the, Celtics, I know the Celtics weren't involved in this issue, but the Celtics and the 76ers, they played in London last week. And for them to get the the break where they can go to London, relax, do things, play, and still come back, they had to play a lot of games leading up so they could get that that gap, that that amount of time to go over overseas. Um, and you know, you come back and the 76ers, you know, Ben Simmons is involved in a situation with Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry, who's coming off of an injury. So we had that going off. Uh, you had, of course, like we said, the the relationship between the Rockets and the and the and the Clippers. But I think honestly, it's just coming to there's just been a lot of games going on. It's winter and it's not all-star break yet. So it's just becoming similar to the dog days of summer in baseball. You always see these big brawls and these big like off the field issues happen in like July in August before September hits. So I think it's very similar in basketball. This is just time of the year where guys are, you know, just a little cranky, a little frustrated about what's going on with their teams and and the schedule and things like that. So I think it's just simply that. And I also think it's just a coincidence that these things happened in like a week span. We haven't seen a week in the NBA where we've had this many issues. But I do want to get to the Clippers and Rockets. Um, Clippers win. No one really cares that about the score so i ain't going to waste your time and go look up the score and figure out but in, that was chris ball's return to los angeles however there are a few situations that happened blake griffin and trevor ariza were both ejected from the game um you had technicals being given left and right to other player um other players and coaches you also had austin rivers son of head coach doc rivers of <laughs> disrespected the- my man of the Clippers in, in in a suit on the sideline talking to Trevor Ariza. And I think that's where a lot of things 
started there and in my opinion austin rivers is the aggressor because reports from adrian warjanowski and from uh lee jenkins and other people who were there they reported that night right after the game that players from the from the rockets tried to confront austin rivers and blake griffin in the clippers locker room uh, reports also say that clint capella was sent to the front door of the locker room and chris distraction Paul, chris Paul <laughs> was sent or at chris ball guided the rest of the players uh james harden and um uh gerald green and Trevor Reza try to get through a back door to the Clippers locker room. Uh, you had Lee Jenkins, who then reported uh, yesterday. And I'm leaning toward Lee Jenkins being closer to the truth. Not that Adrian Wojnarowski wasn't telling the truth. It's just he was telling it probably from the perspective that he had. Uh, but I think Lee Jenkins, his account may be a little closer to the truth truth um lee jenkins is reporting that you know trevor reza and blake griffin were talking outside of the locker room uh and then ariza saw austin rivers and austin rivers said let that be a for those that (laughs) fill in the blank with those expletives but let that be a come in here and i think that's when things really popped off and lee jenkins report is you know chris paul and james harden and Joe green they were nearby and they were trying to restrain trevor ariza and um of course that's what lee jenkins was reporting that they were more there to restrain uh ariza but wojnowski is just you know his report is pretty much saying look there was a lot of people in there that we're trying to get at Austin Rivers and Blake Griffin. That is the one consistent thing of both stories that someone at least was trying to get at Blake Griffin and Austin Rivers. Let's start off with Chris Paul. There's a lot of questions here, but Chris Paul. Chris Paul also threw some shade and said, you know, Lou Williams is the reason that team is, is playing well. Lou Williams, very good player. I mean, he's not wrong who dropped 50 points last week yeah, against right. the Clippers. But, you know, Lou Williams comes off the bench also. Um, the offense is really not run through Lou Williams either. But Chris Paul threw that shot out there. Um, why do you think... Okay, I, I have an opinion of why I think Chris Paul has had some beef with the Clippers. But why do you think Chris Paul specifically has a beef with the Clippers, uh, they were. I think he was. I think Chris Paul was blown because they never. I don't know. Every time, ever like literally every single time the Clippers were in the playoffs and playing well, somebody got hurt, and he's probably just frustrated with everything. The whole situation that they had for those probably like five or six years when they were trying to like get rid of Lob City and become like a real like we're trying to win playoff games team it never came together like every year Blake would get hurt or Chris Paul would get hurt going into the playoffs or like in a playoff series one of them Chris Paul broke his hand like two years in the playoffs Uh and Blake Griffin got hurt 
I think two years also like they never had a we're all healthy let's try to win a championship and also with them like them not being friends like you can't have your best two play or I don't, I don't know maybe, maybe you can but it doesn't seem like it would be possible to have your best two players not be friendly like they need to be like friends and like kick it or I think I don't know didn't work out with Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook I mean not Chris Paul J- uh, KD and Russell Westbrook didn't work out with Blake and Chris Paul these are just like famous duos that we knew had a problem with each other and they could never get it done for whatever reason and maybe that was you know the reason I also believe Chris Paul could just be upset that deals like trades were not made with Austin Rivers involved oh ah, that could be it too which a lot of players and this was voiced even before last season when the reports came out that the Clippers had a chance at acquiring Carmelo Anthony and the big hiccup of the deal was Austin Rivers that the Knicks wanted Austin Rivers I mean, Clippers but Melo not that good either you're right. He's <laughs> like, not playing I, that well, but I don't know if that's not if that's that big of a deal. Like I could see it if I was a player. Like, yo, all we got to do is trade Austin Rivers to get Melo. Yeah, let's do that. Like I could see that, but I could also see management being like, yeah, Melo's not that good, and we could still just be the same with West. What is his name? West Johnson playing the small forward and nah, keep Austin nah, Rivers. Now nah, nah, you're being disrespectful. No, nah, nah, I mean, okay. look. Is is Carmelo about to get there and make them just a strictly better team than with Wes Johnson and Austin Rivers still being on the team? I don't know. It's but and look, I don't know. Like, what has Carmelo done? I think Carmelo with CP3, who is a distributing point guard, uh-huh. Melo would be playing better than what he's playing right so now in by OKC. Distributing point guard, you think? <laughs> <laughs> you think Chris Paul Chris Paul is just gonna be passing the ball to Melo so he can get the ISO better? Like no, he's not about he's to run the court and like spot up on the three point. Set him up better than Westbrook is, but but I'm just saying this is the this is their logic. No, right? it I makes mean, sense. Chris that makes sense. I don't like. I would be blown if I was a player and I got I got the chance to play with Melo starting at the three instead of having a uh, Austin Rivers on the team as the backup point guard. Yeah, you probably want that. And Boy, that was that was a couple years ago. Well, it was last year. That was, uh, and that was the that was the hiccup where they should have made that happen, I guess, but it wouldn't have been that big a is that team who is that, is that team gonna beat the Warriors? I mean, we never know. Ah, dog, there's no there's no way that Melo, Chris Paul, Blake, and DeAndre Jordan are beating Katie and Steph and Draymond and Clay Thompson and Iguodala and Sean Livingston. But uh, a lot of people within the NBA, you got to remember, Doc Rivers was the general manager at the time. And a lot of people felt that Austin Rivers being on the Clippers was because of his father. Austin Rivers, he's an NBA player now, I would say. His first couple years in the NBA, he wasn't that good. He was only there because he went to Duke and his father was Doc Rivers. Perfect. He has improved. But he got better. He's gotten better because he, he when improved. he got hurt in the playoffs, mm-hmm. he hurt his face. He was balling that game. Like he yeah. was, 
killing people. He has improved. However, and you got to think about it from Chris Paul's perspective, the hiccup of the deal was Doc was not trying to trade Austin Rivers. And he's sitting there like, are you serious? Like, are you Austin Rivers? I understand it's your son, but you're you're the general manager now. You don't want to trade Austin Rivers to get Carmelo? I take that trade all the time. I take it all the time. It's probably and, a fair trade. And it wasn't it wasn't an Austin Rivers to Carmelo straight up, but the package yeah, Rivers and like was somebody else. Rivers and somebody. And of course, the Knicks were like, nah, we want Rivers. Like he has to be part of this package. And when he wasn't part of the package, Knicks like, no team walked away. Look, if the Knicks would have had like right now, if the Knicks had like Austin Rivers. That pick that they used on Frank or Frank Nick, uh, Nikita, Nikitella, you know uh, who I'm talking about. Him. Exactly. Canner and what is it? Uh, Przingis and it, Tim Hardaway Jr. Exactly. Like That's that team is team. pretty solid. That's a decent. They're going to playoffs for sure in the East. So you got to remember from that perspective, you have all of that. And then, and that was a real thing with why Chris Paul wanted to get out because he's like, look. I'm seeing nepotism. I'm seeing every year someone's getting hurt. I'm seeing, you know, we just don't even have another legit scorer on this team. You know, yeah, let me because they because DeAndre Jordan cannot score. Nor like can they, Blake Griffin. Like oh, Blake Griffin's not a scorer. Dog. Blake Griffin be getting buckets, dog. He's not a scorer. Like he's, he's not, not a like, big scorer, but he scores points. Like he gets he gives you twenty five. Yeah, a lot of it in cleanup though. And I'm not yeah. saying that's bad, but I think I gotta do that. I think I think every great team has to have someone where he's like, "Look, I'm giving you the ball. You got to score right now." Yeah, think about probably. it. The Warriors, Katie, a couple of them. <laughs> I mean, they have a few. Katie, a couple. Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, LeBron James, Kawhi. When they won in 2000, uh, what was it? 14. Kawhi was that 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 player where it was like here. Like I'm taking a score. Like every finals in the last twenty years, there's someone on the team where they can just take over a game on strictly scoring. And the Clippers didn't have anyone that can do that. Yeah, JJ Reddick, right? <laughs> now, now you're being funny. Now you're being funny. <laughs> but yeah, I think all of that boiled up is, of course, their return. His return. And then you just had Austin Rivers talking junk to Trevor Reza, and Trevor Reza is uh, is about that life. He, would, he appears <laughs> to be somebody that would have, like he would definitely would be in, in school to suspension a whole bunch of times back in the day. Yeah, and uh, um, Trevor Reza is Trevor Reza's with the smoke. And because of you know the relationship that Chris Paul had, you 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 gonna tell me Chris Paul has never vented to Trevor Reza this season? Oh, nah, he definitely's like, man, and I'm it, so glad I'm not in I'm not in L.A. And word is our team. word is already going around the league that you know he's really only on the Clippers because of his father. Like, yes, he Austin Rivers is an NBA player; he can be on an NBA team. But the reason why he's on the Clippers is because of his father. Um, so all that going around, you got to remember. Chris Paul is head of the Players Association in the NBA. You also got to remember, Trevor Ariza is the rep for the Rockets. 
the player association rep. Definitely, they definitely hung out before. So, so conversations have come up. Word has probably gone around the entire league around these reps that you know about about Austin Rivers. Then he's on the bench. He's not even playing. He's talking trash. And then after That's the, the game, best time to talk trash though, for real. And then he's on the game. Uh, uh, in the locker, you lose the game, and then in the locker room, he's saying, "Oh, let his BA come in here." Oh, no, no. Of course, Trevor, things about to go out. Trevor reason would have washed up. <laughs> he would have got Austin Rivers out of the way, but you know, it's the best time to talk trash when it's a, a sea of people in front of you. So yeah, it is Wednesday, uh, two twenty-two p.m. Haven't really heard of any, I guess, repercussions from this. Um, I think the Rockets play tonight, so something has to be done at least soon. Um, what do you think the punishment should be for for the the Rockets and the the Clippers? Ah, uh-huh. I think you could just give some fines. I don't think there needs to be any like suspensions. I think, like, I don't. Like maybe a suspension if if a uh, Trevor Reese is really trying to get into the like locker room for real for real, maybe like a one game suspension like at the most. But for real, it could just be all fines. Like that's it. This is not. This is. It's cool and it's funny because like I'm a fan of like this drama stuff when it happens and it's hilarious to me. But it's not that big of. It's not that big of a deal. Like. <laughs> Nobody pulled a gun out on each other. Like, this is not Gilbert Arenas <laughs> and Critterton. So, like, this ain't that big of a deal. <laughs> well, um, what, do you, I mean, what about you, Jeremy? What do you think is about to happen? This is what I think is going to happen. I think Trevor Reza definitely will get a one-game suspension. And depending on whose report is factual, if Wojnarowski's report is closer to the facts, I think honestly, Chris Paul and Gerald Green and uh, Clint Capella, I think they're all probably going to get. Look, one Clint case. Capella should not get suspended, dog. He he was the distraction. <laughs> I think they're all going to, you know, if if the if Wojnarowski's uh, report is the more factual one, I think all of them are getting one game suspension. Oh, and James Harden when he returns, a one game suspension. Um, but if. Lee Jenkins. Like, you know James Harden was not trying to go in there and fight nobody. Like, <laughs> like no possible way. If Lee Jenkins' report is the one that's more factual, I think then, of course, it'll probably just be Trevor Ariza, a one-game suspension because of the precedents. Remember Mello and Garnett with the whole Lala comment and oh, the Honey Nut Cheerio Oh, my comment. gosh. Um, <laughs> Mello got one-game suspension for that. Uh, so I think the precedence is there, and that was only three years ago, I think. Yeah, I mean, and that was some, that was regular. That's some regular NBA stuff. Actually, I'm wrong. That was that was five years ago. Oh, that was a minute. Was <laughs> that, like, was that was a long time ago. <laughs> but yeah, the precedence is there. One game suspension for altercations after the game. That's fine. Uh, me, pers- me personally, though, I think they just need to be fined heavily. Just like yo. Um, $75,000 fine. Dang, you know, that, okay, that is a big fine. Just like, yo, we really can't be having this. Um, you can't run up in people's locker rooms. Yeah. Or, or you can't make it's it obvious that you're running up in people's locker rooms. Wait for him by the bus. 
<laughs> uh, but yeah, but I, I think that personally, um, I think a fine that should be it. But I think the NBA will suspend players. Oh, and I didn't even mention Austin Rivers needs to be suspended. Oh no, for uh, what? For he was getting bullied. <laughs> Typical of him to say that. <laughs> or to that. He was that. getting bullied. <laughs> Hey, in real talk, there was some aspects of colorism in this uh, situation. I mean, it's um, a little ridiculous. Uh, uh, my wife is definitely doing that as her dissertation. Um, yeah, um, there was some colorism. Just you can't tell me that you know the darker skin players, you know, didn't see the lighter skin players as like an entitled, um, <laughs> you know, set of individuals that plays, I think, a role you into talk it. about Blake and Austin Rivers. Blake and Austin Rivers, <laughs> like this is real. I know a lot of people are gonna be like, "You're really reaching," but I think that really played into it too. Look at these two pretty boys out here with the nice hair, light skin. <laughs> think they tough. Like this is real, man. And, and when my wife look, when my wife finishes dissertation, I'm gonna have you read it, and then we're gonna remember that we're gonna discuss this we're gonna talk topic, about this again. and we're gonna see, like, was I reaching with this comment? We, yeah, oh, we man. gotta we gotta read that. Them, them dudes were just light skin at heart, talking real trash behind behind look, closed doors. I like I like I don't think Austin Rivers is with it like at all, but. You saw Trevor Reza was not trying to pull up at Blake's locker room though. Like he was not coming to his locker. He was gonna talk to Austin Rivers. Like he does Blake Griffin is with it, dog. True, like, true. Don't don't be fooled. <laughs> All right, let's uh get to our not sports segment. We've been rapping for a long time, oh, but we've been talking today. It is well worth it. Uh you all will enjoy. Just want to remind you all. To subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Just search the Sports Reality, subscribe, and you'll have all of our up to date content. Let's get to our not sports segment. Just want to talk about some comments that our chump of the week had last last week. Uh, President Donald Trump was in a meeting discussing uh, immigration reform with uh, a few politicians. In the White House, Donald Trump referred to Haiti, El Salvador, and the continent of Africa. The whole when, continent. When discussing uh, the situations there, he pretty much said, you know, there are, and I am going to actually say it because it needs to be said, and uh, the aggressiveness of his phrase needs to be said, so at least you understand how inappropriate it was, not just inappropriate, how wrong and racist it is. You said those uh, countries are shithole countries. Um, And he said, why would we want people from there? Why would we want people from shithole countries? Why can't we just have more people from Norway? And those (laughs) were... (laughs) Dang. And, you know, and uh, of course, obviously, Norway, predominantly white, uh, Africa predominantly and almost all African African, black Haiti being a black country and El Salvador being a Latino company a country Um, and then of course you know the sentiments that he had during the election and even after the election about how he what what he wants to do for um, undocumented residents in this country 
and then the how he also ended the TPS for Haitians who are in this country, the temporary protective status for them. So he already has this feeling of these people are inferior. They're inferior in wealth, inferior in intelligence. And according to Donald Trump, why would Americans want them here? And he, he pretty much said, oh, you know, he wanted people like Norwegians because they can come and assimilate quite quickly into this country. That's what they um, said. Interesting stat when it comes to uh, Africans and Haitians who do migrate to the U.S. They have a college degree at, I think, um, the, uh, I think a 30, 35 percent rate compared to American born residents where the bachelor rate is, I think, only 20 percent, only 20 percent of Americans get a bachelor's degree. When you go then go up to a doctorate, uh, um, a master's and a doctorate when it comes to Africans and um when it comes to africans and specifically nigerians their rate of getting a graduate degree jumps up to 35 <laughs> percent compared to america americans which is only 15 percent these are these are people from the shithole country right exactly exactly so uh you had that going on then you know the white house didn't deny they actually celebrated it at first then they try to backtrack and say, well, did anyone really hear it? Like, are we sure he said it? Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, Congressman Durkin really heard it and Lindsey Graham, who heard it. So, of course, the, the Republicans are trying to act as if he didn't say it. But then you have other Republicans that agree with what he said. And we've been seeing a lot of videos of people saying, oh, yeah, you know. Oh, yeah. We, we we agree with them because I mean why would you want people coming from these countries like their countries aren't that great their political issues aren't that great and their wealth isn't that great see that's the problem here in America we, isn't that how like America got founded <laughs> right that's you make, that's you make a great point that's on the Statue of Liberty isn't it make a great point um, it and pretty it, much the, says give us your people from shithole countries be free here so yeah donald trump and his base like they love this so uh so so yeah we got to deal with them and next week i mean this week he probably will say something again no probably dog 100 <laughs> percent be on this show again and next week the, and he says um, something crazy we are a few days away from a government shutdown so they have to come up with a deal to make sure the federal government does not shut down starting next Monday. So there's a lot going he on. Yes, his uh, what is the state of a union? State of the union is coming up soon, right? Coming up soon. Yep. I don't know. So it's going to be very interesting. He just gets to get on live TV and say whatever the wildest thing he like can possibly say. <laughs> Man, oh man. All right, so um, let's move on to our Reddit topic of the week. Every week we go on Reddit and we find something of interest 
we bring it to the discussion and we talk about it. So uh, let's start out with you, Matt. Um, what did you see on Reddit that was interesting to you? Uh, I saw this late last night, early this morning, I guess. For the first time in his career, LeBron's team is playing better with him off the court. That's crazy. Like LeBron James is having one of the best seasons of his career, but his team is still playing better when he is not on the court. Like the that- starting lineup of Isaiah Thomas, or this is a little bit unfair because Isaiah Thomas has not played that many games, but Isaiah Thomas, J.R. Smith, Jay Crowder, LeBron James, and Kevin Love have the worst defensive rating of any starting unit in the league. Like, that is awful. Wow, that is... It's kind of crazy because we've been talking about LeBron James probably having one of his better seasons at this age, yet his team isn't really playing well when he's on the court. Um, We didn't discuss this when we spoke about the Cavaliers earlier in in this show, but do you think when it comes to the defense... Do you think LeBron James is now starting to become a liability on defense? I don't think it's all, I don't think it's all LeBron James being a liability on defense, but like he is definitely not. He's not. I don't know. Like the 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 commitment to defense is not there, and it shows when the team tries to defend his five. Like maybe maybe LeBron James might be playing pretty well on defense, but Kevin Love isn't, and J.R. Smith isn't. And Jay Crowder definitely isn't, so it's just more noticeable. Like LeBron James, at all the all the other like times in his career, has had other players that are more engaged on defense, I guess. Except for maybe last year. Last year, I thought that they had some struggles on the defensive end, also. And I don't know. Maybe it, this is their team is not really set up to have that many. Like, who's supposed to be a good defender on the Cavs? It's supposed to be Jay Crowder. Jay, Crow- Jay Crowder's not having a good year. Like no, that might not. he might just been a like that. Him being a good defender could have been something like that the Celtics brought out of him. Uh huh. Or I, he was a pretty decent defender with the Mavericks too. But he was, I guess, but he definitely came into his own as being a defender with the Celtics last the last couple years. And, and now, maybe it's just he doesn't have it right now. And not only uh, just a good defensive player, Crowder, his offense seemed to get better when he, he was, was knocking down the three. Yep, and he's not doing that right now. Um, That's what they need, too. He's not hitting the three. Um, Kyle Corver isn't really hitting these threes. Um, but I, uh, we're a little off topic when I talk about them. But let me get back to the original topic. Yeah. It's really interesting that the stats are still showing that the Cavaliers statistically play better when LeBron James is not there. Reggie Miller made an interesting point during the time, the game when they played the Rockets and LeBron James was berating the his teammates. Reggie Miller made a great point and he said, you know what? Some of this is also on LeBron James. Maybe LeBron isn't doing what he's supposed to do on defense, and it's really affecting 
the other players and they just really can't pick up the slack. So that is one something that is one thing that it Reggie Miller that did too. bring up. Uh, LeBron James and his I mean there's not too many meta, there's not too many players on LeBron James's level but LeBron James really ain't checking good players either. Who's he <clears throat> Who is LeBron James supposed to defend really? Like and that's the thing. Like outside on a of a good team, who is he supposed to, is he supposed to defend Draymond Green? Is that's about it. Maybe Draymond and KD. That's about it. That's Those are it. the two players that you could probably say. And I'm not really know. willing to say that LeBron can guard Clay. I mean, not Clay, uh, KD. Like, that might be out of his. <laughs> he might not be able to do that. And, like, maybe more so Draymond, but I don't know. He's not a. He's he, LeBron is definitely not a defensive stopper. I wouldn't. I would. I don't think he's. He's a decent defender, but you know, I would never say he's a defensive stopper. So let's move on to my Reddit topic of the week. Stems from the Vikings Saints game this past Sunday. You mentioned earlier in this episode that it was very intense for you, correct? It was elated. A lot going on in that last couple minutes. Yeah, their range of emotions were up and down for you, correct? Yeah. Very so um, there is statistical data that shows that this was in a very emotional roller coaster. Uh, according to BGR.com, uh, many. Vikings fans who own Apple Watches got messages that appeared on their phone. And quote, here is the alert that many Vikings fans got during this game. It says, Apple Watch detected a heart rate that rose above 120 beats per minute while you appeared to be inactive during the 10 minute period so basically the apple watch was showing okay they're not being active yet their heart rate is reaching pretty high and if you want to say okay this could just be one situation bgr.com showed several screenshots and time stamped screenshots of their message from their Apple Watch. Um, yeah, basically, for some people, this game was driving them to heart issues, heart complications. Is this real life? Uh, who would have thought that technology would have caught something like this? Something as simple as your feelings, your emotions during a game. We understand, of course, these these are able these are to monitor things like your health and all of that. But who would have thought that your health can be affected so much from watching a sporting event? I mean, look, it gets super exciting, man. That's you definitely seen people. Pass. It's like it's kind of like you know, back in the look. This is 
back in the day when Michael Mike uh, Mike Jackson was going around like doing concerts and stuff, people used to faint at his shows all the time. <laughs> like people just fall out. Dozens of people. It's kind of the same thing. That is true. I've seen videos of people who are fainting. <laughs> and Michael, Michael Jackson. Jackson walking around, just people just dropping just left and right. <laughs> like that's crazy. I got so excited just to see this dude that he would just they would just pass out. It's the same thing. <laughs> Michael Jackson was like uh, the, the like Benny Hinn when Benny Hinn would would come up there, the the televangelist that be throwing oh, yeah. his coat, and making yo. People that is up. the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> like knock down a whole church with like one like push of air from his jacket that's crazy but, but uh but yeah this uh this game was crazy and it's a great game. fans that were in the stadium and fans who were watching it at home were experiencing heart rates that were reaching 120 beats per minute like that's crazy like sports is real out here, and this is why people people care. So when people talk about you know the amount of money that these players get or the the fame that they get, and is it worth it? Yes, because it is life and death for some people. Life and death. All right, so um, let's wrap up this show. We've been rapping, but I think it's been fun. I think you're all gonna enjoy this. Uh, what to watch this week? Matt, what to watch this week? I, oh, Vikings game, NFL playoffs. That's it. Watch the Vikings go root for the Vikings. Um, yeah, put on your purple and gold Sunday. <laughs> so you, I mean, you just love purple and gold, don't you? I mean, Vikings and Lakers on. You an LSU fan? LSU game. No, I'm not, but (laughs) (laughs) might have to watch some LSU games. (laughs) Man, uh, of course, the conference championship weekend in the NFL. But the NBA, there is a game tonight that is supposed to be pretty good. Um, Let me get to that. And before I get to that, um, Anthony Davis has been balling. Oh, he has been getting some crazy numbers i know they beat beat boston in boston right yep last night had 40 something points crazy game i know we didn't really get into it that much uh but yeah he has been balling what's the game that's on uh espn tonight okay so you have lakers and thunder at eight uh what's my man brandon ingram was playing lonzo's still not playing and then uh, Nuggets and Clippers at ten thirty, but Saturday there's some there's some good games on Saturday. Uh, you have Thunder's Thunder and Cavs at three thirty p.m. on Saturday, and then at eight thirty Warriors and Rockets. So those are some matchups to watch this week. Um, outside of sports, man. I ain't really watching anything right now, per se. I'm just kind of on Netflix and and HBO Go. Um, I'm watching The Sopranos, and I stopped. I stopped watching The Sopranos for a long time, and then I realized the other night I was only like three episodes from the end. Why did I stop? Like, so I am going to watch the remaining three episodes. Of course, I know what happens at the end, but I still want to watch it and see the lead up 
so yeah that's a that's for me what's a watch man anything else before we wrap up matt uh i think that's it i think we talked we, we had a good talk today yeah, 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 man. Hope you all enjoyed the show. Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. Just search the Sports Reality. Uh, subscribe, and you'll be up to date on all of our content. Follow us on Instagram, the Sports Reality. Uh, on Twitter, find us uh, uh, Sports underscore Reality underscore, and on Facebook, the Sports Reality. Mad's been a good time. Talk to you later. Until next time, everyone, sports reality. Peace.